This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. I'm going to bring you into my weekend a little bit. I was out with a buddy of mine yesterday running some errands when we drove past a bright drop van just sitting in a parking lot. I yelled at him to stop because I was excited to see it. No one was around to talk to, but since this is based on GM's Altium platform like the Hummer and Silverado EV, I was interested in taking a look around the van. And one of the first things that I wanted to look at was fit and finish. The large body panels look like they're made of some sort of fiber composite, and it's hard to tell if they're painted, but the surface was very uniform. Overall, I felt like it was very good for a commercial vehicle. But not all the exterior panels lined up perfectly. I'm not sure if this is final production ready quality for how the body is bonded together. And there was a large gap at the base of the A-pillar that looked like it could use some weather stripping. I was surprised by how well the interior was put together. The fit and finish is better than I thought it would be. And there's two digital displays for the driver. Most interesting to me though, was the fact that this van was all wheel drive. And you can clearly see the axle going to the front wheels in this picture. And I was really interested in the rear leaf spring setup. I've never seen a leaf spring shape like this before with an almost S curve at the top. I think it was a composite, not steel spring, but I foolishly forgot to tap on it to see. Anyways, those were the highlights and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And I've got to say, I'd love to drive one of these bright drop vans one day. Automotive suppliers just got a big win in the Michigan Supreme Court. Judges ruled that automakers have to clearly stipulate how many components or commodities that they're going to buy from a supplier. And the same applies to contracts that suppliers have with their suppliers. Up until now, the language in those contracts was not explicit. So if production of a certain model dropped for whatever reason, suppliers could get stuck with excess capacity and have little leverage to negotiate for an increase in prices. But Automotive News reports that the Michigan Supreme Court ruling is going to give suppliers more leverage in their negotiations. And that could be a real help since the supplier industry is under enormous financial pressure right now. Slowly but surely, Lamborghini is catching up to Ferrari. It's on track to sell over 10,000 vehicles this year. Last year, Ferrari sold 13,200 cars. Three years ago, Lambo was selling about 7,400 a year. So it's closing the gap. But there is a danger here. When you get into the rarefied atmosphere of exotic sports cars, it's critically important to make sure you keep production just below demand. You need to keep a few customers waiting in line so that pricing and residual value stay high. So far, neither Lambo or Ferrari have crossed that line. Lamborghini just reported its first half earnings and its revenue jumped to 1.4 billion euros up a healthy 6.7%. Its operating profit came in at 456 million euros, which gave it an operating return on sales of a jaw-dropping 32.1%.
We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing, Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. If Mazda didn't have to comply with zero emission mandates in places like California, there's no doubt in my mind that it wouldn't have a single electric vehicle in its lineup. And soon it won't in the U.S. Mazda announced it will discontinue the MX-30 EV after the 2023 model year. But it was only ever available in California. Mazda sold about 66 units so far this year and about 600 over its lifetime in the U.S. It pulled the model off the market once before and then brought it back again. But it didn't put out a press release about taking it away at that time. So who knows if it will come back. Mazda instead says it's going to focus on hybrids and plug-in hybrids in the U.S. market. Renault and Nissan are finally patching up their disagreements. Nissan was unhappy that Renault had more power in their alliance, even though Nissan is a bigger company. But that's changing, and now Nissan will invest $660 million into Renault's new EV and software division called Ampere. As part of their new agreement, each automaker will own 15% of the other. Renault will transfer about 30% of Nissan shares, worth about $4.2 billion, into a French trust. And Nissan will get full voting rights in the alliance for the first time. The two companies will also collaborate to develop vehicles and technologies for Latin America, Europe, and India. Meanwhile, Nissan is really struggling in China. Sales plunged nearly 50% last quarter. So, to try and maintain some semblance of production, Nissan's CEO says the company is considering exporting vehicles from China. But they haven't decided where they'll export them to yet. And as we've reported, China car exports are soaring because there's so much overcapacity in the country. In the first half of the year, China exported 2.1 million vehicles, up 75% from a year ago. Toyota is facing two threats. It's been slow to get serious about developing electric cars, and it too is losing sales and market share in China. So now it wants to make up for lost time. Not only did Toyota create an all-new business unit called the BEV factory, it's ramping up its R&D efforts in China. Part of that includes embedding EV engineers from Denso and ASIN at its R&D lab in China. And Reuters reports that engineers from Chinese automakers FAW, Guangzhou, and BYD will also be located there. The new R&D effort is being called IEM by Toyota. IEM stands for Intelligent Electromobility. It will concentrate on developing electric cars and smart cockpits. Mercedes teased the all-new CLA that's going to debut at the Munich Auto Show in September. And this is going to be the first model that's going to be based on the modular Mercedes architecture, which can support any combination of gas and electric, as well as front or all-wheel drive. Reports say electric versions will feature either lithium-ion or lithium-iron phosphate batteries. The new CLA will be made in China, Germany, and Hungary, 
and sales kick off late next year and into 2025. But that's a wrap for today's show. Thanks for joining us. Auto Line Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game. And by Scheffler, we pioneer motion. At Scheffler, we pioneer motion. Electrifying mobility. Manufacturing smarter. Reducing CO2 emissions. Making energy production clean. Scheffler pioneers motion to advance how the world moves.